Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The spread of coronavirus is a serious matter, but there's a game plan for keeping residents as safe as possible. Time now for... Cover your cough with your elbow like this. The Yahoo Sports College Podcast. Wash your hands thoroughly. A full 20 seconds. If you're sick, stay home. If you think you should be tested, phone your health provider first. Avoid close contact with anyone who's sick. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. We're all in this together. Let's team up to protect our health. I welcome the podcast. Not surprisingly, we're all here. Nobody <laughs> is traveling while we're trying to, to tape this. <laughs> I think Pat Forty was trying to get on a cruise or something. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> sure. You bet. <laughs> get on a cruise and lick all the railings on the yeah. ship. That was my goal. Yeah. So you look, we uh, are all affected at varying degrees, although I, I, I believe none of us, although there's a lot of stress and we all know people who are at risk and there's a lot of uncertainty, I would say probably all three of us are on the um, lucky, fortunate side of things at this moment and Sully too, all four of us. No so, doubt. you know, yep. we know how serious this is, how scary this is, how stressful this is, how uncertain this is. We're all dealing with it, too, at some level, but we do want to give a podcast that is hopefully some kind of a relief from that. So there are many podcasts and there are many shows and there's many articles to read if you want information about the coronavirus and you want serious discussions about the coronavirus. I don't think any of us should provide we and we won't. But if you hear any information on here about the coronavirus, immediately discard it. <laughs> Probably wrong. So I don't know how to balance this without apologizing every time we laugh. But we're going to try to laugh because I don't know what else you can do but have gallows humor at this and, and try to have fun and argue stupid things like Pete and I did last week when we argued how would the coronavirus affect recruiting, which is the ultimate college football. <laughs> uh, we felt yeah. bad about we it. We were shamed yet curious. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's almost what's, you know, that, that, that Hitler corollary where everything accelerates <laughs> to the point where it's Hitler, every yeah. argument or whatever. And that's, it's, you know, this is it where everything, everything affects recruiting. And we, we've almost got to Hitler. We're now at coronavirus. So, so I actually have an update way. on this. I actually have an update on the uh, does does the coronavirus affect recruiting? I don't know. But the one big commitment over the weekend, kid decided to commit right in the middle of this, Devonta Smith. 
is a cornerback, top cornerback out of Cincinnati, and he chose in-state Ohio State, living up to our thesis. Now, I don't think it's a real shock when a kid from Cincinnati chooses to play at Ohio State, so Mm -hmm. small sample size, but he was being recruited by Alabama, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Oregon, and Penn State, uh, and he decided not to take any visits and just said, I'm going to play for the Buckeyes, so... It's quite possible here, folks. I think they got another the bur- corner from St. Louis, too. I'm actually sad that I know oh, that. Well, that screws my whole thing. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Pete always just rains on it, did they? I, all right. I'm sorry. I got to read my BuckeyeGrove.com better. <laughs> I think that's a Rivals product, by the way. I, I had a plan. Some of us are representing the brand still here. So. Well, anyway, I don't know. But it, it seems like this would be true, right? I'm not going to. You can't get to Oregon right now. Yeah, I guess if this thing holds up through signing day and God knows it might can't it'd be quiet signing day. There'd be no can't have a gym full of kids or anything. I don't know. I know that the National Letter of Intent uh, folks put out something. They, they're pushing back signing day for the spring here. So, you know, they're they, they are they're like everybody else having to make accommodations for the ongoing situation. But yeah, they, if, if, if you were hoping for any big splashy spring announcements anywhere. Mm, probably not. You may get a nice Twitter graphic or something. That's going to be about as much as you're going to get. Uh, all right. So before I go forward, I think we should go back to a couple of our Corona predictions and jokes to see what panned out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the time for um, transparency. Maybe the three of us can't even spell science. Never mind. Actually, no. took science classes in college. <laughs> no, I don't think we did very well. Uh, the, I believe the first mention was when I uh, wondered whether Corona beer uh, gave people coronavirus. I said it didn't, but I wasn't taking any chances. I feel confident now, even though I was really just acting in an abundance of caution. <laughs> that considering the amount of of scientific research, that indeed there is no no cor- corollary there between Corona beer. So, got that one a little wrong, but my heart was in the right place. <laughs> Anything I, possibly, yeah, named Corona bad. I also declared I was going to self-quarantine in an effort to flatten the curve and watch college basketball in the entire month of March in an effort of public health. Now, again, I think my heart was in the right place, and I <laughs> did end up, I haven't been outside much, uh, you know, almost at all in uh, since Thursday. We're self-quarantined, but there was no games to watch. So I tried. Uh, <laughs> the other side, you know, so we had that. But wait a minute now, I... You 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 said on the pod you were going to self quarantine, and I swear the next day you're tweeting from the Detroit airport. I did have to so, do a quick trip, but okay, Vi- that violated when, your own quarantine. But then I got back. Yeah, I I did violate the. Yeah, so I didn't do very well. <laughs> Dan's trying to rewrite history here. He just wanted to hang out and watch basketball, and not talk to his family. I mean, let's be yeah. honest. Like yeah. that, Boy, was that really that backfired. You know. That yeah. backfired. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna blame this on you, Dan. It might as well. Mm. Yeah. So I didn't do a great. I did okay, but I was. I mean, I was all weekend. I could have watched. There was just nothing to watch. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. We all kind of snickered. I think we all owe an apology to Ramogi Huma of the uh, yeah National Collegiate Players Association. Very early on, suggested the tournament should go down with no fans. Yep. He actually uh, was not aggressive enough. It turned out there was no tournament. Tip my hat to him. He saw this problem and uh, he was right. We were wrong on that. Yep. Although yep. I think we were right about noting that if you cancel this or uh, if kids can't go to the games, they're just going to go to the bar. <laughs> and that seems to certainly have happened. Uh, I don't believe our colleges and university students 
uh, did much uh, social distancing this Not weekend. Not that I saw. Was, no. It was very close distance, I guess. That's really yeah. an open-ended phrase, right? <laughs> so it was pretty distinct dichotomy here in, in South Boston. On Saturday, I went out to get some uh, some takeout. Now, it's St. Patrick's Day weekend in Boston, right? Like, there's a big drinking weekend. And South Boston is the epicenter of all that. People come from all over, the whole thing. I was curious, like, okay, like how many, and anyway, I walked like a few blocks away and from my house and there's a line out the door. <laughs> like, not really? Only, not only they're not social distancing in the bars, they're not social distancing in the line to get the Irish pub around the corner from my house. So that was Saturday. And that was when I felt like there was like a lot of like online, like momentum slash shaming for those things happening. And by Sunday, I give uh, Marty Walsh, the uh, Boston mayor credit, like, Everything bars are closed. Restaurants open only for takeout. So and I, I think that fell in line with New York and other big cities. I don't know what Louisville and uh, plush suburban Detroit are like right now. Yeah, but, no um, bars, no bars, no, restaurants no bars. for. Yeah. Same with Ohio. A lot of yeah. places. Yeah. We're shutting down yeah. today. I believe it is Monday. Yeah. Ohio I think really the, took the, the governors and the mayors have yeah. been very aggressive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. But, the you know, so that that's going to vary by your place because I'm still seeing some schools shut down last week. At least my, the schools my kids go to, and I'm still seeing people debating that one. I mean, there's a lot. It's 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 tricky, but yeah, no bars, so it's tough for all our friends who run sports bars. The first, if they're closed, then they didn't have any sports to begin with to show. I think this obviously is a group that is a big fan of bars. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big fan of bars, big fan of sports, big fan of sports bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. Uh... I was finishing up a Dayton story on Saturday, and I did go to a sports bar that I had been at the week before. And, I mean, it was a ghost town. And I felt terrible for the proprietor and the people working there because, I mean, you know, th that's the size of business that is in real trouble right now just because they're they're they not only they were making no money then and now they're literally going to make no money because they're shut down. And so what are they going to do? you know, for X amount of time, whatever that time may be. So March Madness is a big, big, big time for sports bars, for restaurants, what have you. St. Patty's Day as well. This is a huge week. And just Tuesday nights, you know, I mean, Friday yeah. nights. I mean, you sure. know, most bar owners do not make huge money. I mean, you know, there's some, yeah. you know, some Miami nightclub where you can charge $400 for a <laughs> bottle of Belvedere or something. But, you know, for the... <laughs> <laughs> For the most part, these guys are just, you know, it's middle class. It's 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 tough. And the bartenders make less and the dishwasher yeah. makes less. And the, uh, I just I feel horrible. I just I just feel horrible for so many people outside of the health scare. And I mean, that's paramount. But the right. economic and this the up ending of life by this this damn virus, you know, but clearly the college kids went out drinking anyway. I don't think there was a whole lot of, you know effort there at, at, at flattening the curve there are some spring break shots you know oh, like yeah. miami right. and some some other different like uh jersey shore and uh yeah southie was right in there too my people my people did not heed the warning here um <laughs> yeah <laughs> there was a uh there was just uh there was a lot of that but i do feel like that has that has really turned to a good place in the last 48 hours oh big time i think i think there's a big change in that now and it's been you know as we said hey the local and state Powers are making it happen. If, you yeah, know, like, if you're not going to stay home, well, we'll make you because we're just going to close places. So, you know, I don't really kinda... have a lot of faith in the American people 
I mean, <laughs> hey, this is the Beastie Boys. You got to fight for your right to party. Well, maybe now you don't have the right to party. Stay home. I saw something. Some someone sent me a text, a little meme, and it was like, "Your grandparents were called to fight in wars. You were called to sit on the couch." You know, yeah. <laughs> not that. I hard. can't do that. That's too much. I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> can't make that sacrifice for my country. It's obviously way more complicated than that. But yeah, I think like America. You know, we're, we always we always get the politicians or somebody or you know, like the, the, the big brands, Coca-Cola's America is the greatest country on earth and we're the great, most generous, caring people and we all have each other's. I'm like, what America is this, man? We like <laughs> murder each other at a higher rate. We like tax, cheat, ever, cheat on your taxes, Medicaid fraud, <laughs> bankrupts, everyone's screwing each other. That's part of what I like about this country, actually. Like, but don't feed me this idea that everyone's going to be like, oh, well, let's, I mean, in South Korea, they all went in their house and they, they slowed the thing. Here, it's like, hell no. I, I got to drink. I can't, not, they was telling you not to drink, just drink in your, in your living room. I could never win the presidential election because I just would not pander. I'd be like, you guys are all a bunch of bastards. I mean, look, the president of the United States <laughs> spends much of his time on Twitter making fun of people. And that's what they that's what people like. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, it's who we are. It's all right. That's who we are. Let's admit it. Don't give me this. Oh, generous America. Like, eh, whatever. <laughs> I watched the debate on CNN last night, and there was a commercial that ran a couple of times that said it was surprisingly legal ways to get money on your taxes. And it was like the ad. It's like surprisingly legal. And I forget, I forget the name of the company. They should sponsor us in our podcast, by the way. But I was like, is that really where we are? They're like, this yeah, is, believe the it or funny not, part these is things are legal. <laughs> surprisingly maybe kind of legal yeah they're advertising during a presidential debate yeah. like that might i mean if you're like the sec or some f whatever yeah. is some federal authority and you're like i'm uh working from home now like i got time on my hands yeah what's that <laughs> watch how many ponzi schemes frauds uh, once the economy tanks there oh, will yeah. be 10 million Oh, they, they load up the federal prisons with this stuff because they, they can't keep the, the scams going. We're That's why they all, there was a ton of Ponzi house. schemes when the mm -hmm. financial market crashed the last time. And then we haven't had too many lately because it works. As long as it goes up, it works. You can't catch them. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, uh, yeah, I want my money. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, speaking of scammers, there's our guy, the, the Purell bandit in Chattanooga. Uh, I'm sure you guys saw the story. The New York Times had a big story. A guy like bought what was eleven thousand seven hundred dollars worth of sanitizer and hoarded it and was going to sell it for ridiculous profit. I mean, this guy's like the worst guy in America. But no, right see, now. this is America, right? Not only does he do it and has a plan, but then he brags about it to the New York freaking Times. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. That guy is. We're not allowed to swear on this thing, but that guy's an asshole, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I said I would be in favor of, of, of like a vigilante mob descending on Chattanooga, beating him up and taking his Purell from him. See, but another American solution to the problem. First of all, let, let me go back to Mr. Colvin here. Not only did he hoard it, not only did he talk to the New York Times and the local TV station there, but he also said, 
I'm not looking to be in a situation where I make the front page of the news for being that guy who hoarded 20,000 <laughs> bottles of sanitizer that I'm selling for 20 times what they cost me. Like, if you want to talk about the least self-aware, dumbest, like, like some people just like when the media comes, they, they're like the, the moth to the flame. And I mean, like, like that has to be one of the dumbest statements ever made on the record in the history of the New York Times. No, that's the thing. He says that to the New York Times. I don't want to be the front page. Guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which, <laughs> hey, that's going to be the lead quote. You're going yeah. on the front page. Yeah, which I bought the New York Times yesterday uh, to read while in quarantine, and mm -hmm. he was on the front page of the New York yeah, Times. Yeah, about that? Yeah, yeah nobody surprise. reads that little rag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. What, what paper is this? What? Yeah. <laughs> I watched this uh, documentary on Mike Wallace, the old 60 Minutes. Oh, yeah. A guy. And one of the things, you know, he would just kind of barge into these offices and find some guys polluting the water and stuff like that. And the, 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 I think the thing is uh, Mike Wallace is here or something like that. This might be the name of it. Mm -hmm. But the big thing I kept wondering is not that he would be able to get these these crooks to interview with them. But why did they keep interviewing with him? Like, if, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, if, 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 if hey, I'm with The New York Times. I wanted to ask you about this supposed uh, hoarding. You'd be like, uh, get out of here. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> Not, yeah, how about I pose for a picture with it? And a New York Times photographer went and took like copious pictures of it all. Like, at, at what point did this guy not realize like this this may backfire on him? All right, so, so here's the think? question: He's a he's a Chattanooga guy, right? right? Yeah, he's probably a college football fan. He may even listen. That's probably a listener. Can we block <laughs> yes. a listener? We want we like all listeners, but maybe not you. Yeah. <laughs> Can we unsubscribe him, Sully? What's his name? Colvin. 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 Something Colvin. Right. Get him Who's out he root for? Who's he root for? Is he a fall like Sully? Chattanooga well, is like question. ground zero, man. It's like Memphis. It's like mixed town. Chattanooga is it's the United Nations of the SEC. You get people yeah. from everywhere. There was actually one point in time in like the 80s or 90s, I think it was the 90s, the Chattanooga newspaper covered every SEC football game every week. It was unbelievable. They would send awesome. reporters all over the place because they got fans. You know, you're right there, Tennessee, Georgia. Uh, Bama, Alabama, Auburn. the Carolinas, and uh, it's—I mean, it's—it's it's one of the best SEC towns out there, really. Right. It's like it's like uh, it's Memphis is like that. Yeah. Uh, Nashville's a little like that now because so many Nashville people. Yep. It's like Chicago in the Big Ten. Yeah. yeah. Right. You just you just get they all go they kind of flock to that one city. Atlanta, obviously too, but that's such a big sure. city. But yeah, Chattanooga. If you don't uh, know your uh, East Central South Tennessee geography is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not a big city, but is into this. So who's he root for? Pat, who do you think? He, who is his team? You know, I think he's a Vol. I think he's a Vol guy because I think he thought that he, he had this brilliant genius scheme that really wasn't very smart, which sounds a lot like the Butch Jones era to me. <laughs> and whatever the era was before Butch Jones, was that Derek Dooley? Brick and by brick. One? Brick, yeah. by brick. And the one before that, Brick by Brick. Purell by Purell. See, I think this is the way it works. I See, Pat, <laughs> you're 100% right. He was doing his civic duty, or what he perceived to be his civic duty by That's hoarding right. Purell. There you go. Jeremy Pruitt, call back. Just yes. do your civic duty, man. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's ready to elect Jeremy Pruitt to, to office in Tennessee. He thinks he's doing such a good job. He probably makes Sully's vol tandem look tame. I know. I, I wounded Sully with that remark, but I yes, I think, I think our man, the hoarder, is definitely evolved. Yeah. So Seller, our producer, is from Chattanooga, is like a crazy, insane Vol fan. He watches like 
regular season by basketball games of the falls, never mind all their football games. And watch uh, college yeah. baseball too, or at least when there was college baseball. Yes. Yes. And they, I, I think he could be your cousin, Sully <laughs> from the limited knowledge. I know of the Colvin boys and, uh, and, and, and what they're doing. I, I think they are hardcore Tennessee, w- whatever the Tennessee version of subway alums are like ATV alums, maybe, you know, probably, ATV. Didn't, <laughs> probably didn't go to, <laughs> probably didn't go to Tennessee, but like grew up. I'm looking at the picture of him now grew up in that like T Martin peerless price area. Era, you know, he thinks Phil Fulmer should be the governor. Yeah, I really think he uh, I, I really can't see him being worldly enough to have adopted or grew up rooting for another team. I think he sees I think he sees only orange ATV alums. Oh, my God. Well, he can't be happy anymore with the Tennessee, anything related to the government, because the Tennessee attorney general ordered Matt and Noah Colvin to, of Hickson. I said, was that suburban uh, Chattanooga to stop buying yeah. and selling medical goods and products? They they deemed the Perella medical good. <laughs> oh, about two hours after the story was out, they put something up being like, ah, oh, just kidding. We're going to donate all the charity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 17,700 hand yeah. sanitizers. Yeah, I think he's a te- I think he's a Georgia fan. Yeah. Uh, he's hoarding talent, hoarding products, <laughs> hoarding five stars and getting nothing out of it. he's hoarding talent he's hoarding five stars he's hoarding resources he's hoarding at he steals alabama's strength conditioning coach and he ain't got nothing to show for it in the end they just come in and didn't even win Uh, (laughs) could be a ball fan or a dog fan that's possible it's possible the best quote in this uh story was current price gouging laws are quote are not built for today's day and age Quote, they're built for Billy Bob's gas station, doubling the amount he charges for gas during a hurricane. And his whole thing was he wasn't exploiting anyone. He was taking advantage of market inefficiencies. Okay. I think the, the, the mar- if not the market, then the attorney general caught up to him. Yes. Bragging about essentially wholly unethically things. I mean, if, if they're illicit, that's up to you know people smarter than us. But like completely ba- bragging about your moral corruptness is just not a good way to go through life. I don't know. Dan thinks it's very American. I'm going to say, I'm not saying it should be American. I don't like it. I wouldn't do it. I'm just saying for a place that's American. supposedly so grand and wonderful, it does happen a hell of a often. <laughs> I did have a... I was at the grocery store today trying to prepare to feed multiple swimmers in our household. And uh, I did have a lady with a golf with a grocery cart with like 900 more items in it than me just swoop in in front of me in line, just like unapologetic cut off. So, yes, that's the American way. Cut off anybody and everybody to get in line, baby. What was the toilet paper situation? You know, it didn't even look. We're okay, okay. in that area for now. All right. So the, 40s the great well mystery. Stopped. The great mystery of the toilet paper hoarding continues to <laughs> confound no, I, me. I, I get it. I think hoarding for your own personal thing, it, it, I mean, nobody knows what's coming. So, yeah. you know, if, you lo- if white- you're going to get locked down and, you know, you load up, I, I, that that to me is a little different than trying to make a buck off but why of the toilet paper? Because they think there's not going to be any. So why the toilet paper? Dan, you look a little taller today. Yeah. Are you sitting on a 24-pack of Charmin there on your, uh, on your seat? <laughs> Uh, we have not hoarded, but well, we've loaded up. I don't know. This could be uh-huh. could be a couple weeks, could be a couple months, man. All right. So, you know, one of the things that got me into being a college basketball fan as, as a kid was the bracket. 
you know, even before I knew all the teams or what these schools were, I just loved the, the, just the look of this thing and this reveal yeah. show. And it was just, it was exciting. And it, my kids have gotten into it. We usually have a, a little challenge. And like, I remember when one of my daughters picked Villanova cause it sounded like vanilla. Right. You know, <laughs> and then they won it. <laughs> and, but you know, it's just, it's something fun. Even if you know nothing about what's going on and there's little numbers and, you know, it was like six o'clock Sunday night and it was just like there wasn't there. It was just that one tradition that's just not there. Um, again, bigger problems in the world than this. This is a minor inconvenience, but us being a Yahoo Sports College podcast, uh, kind of central. What'd you miss about Sunday night? Everything. All of it. I mean, that's the thing is I, I, I exactly what you said is the bracket. It's it's always been visually interesting and appealing. It's It's not hard to figure out. At a young age, we've always had a family pool. And that's funny what you said. My daughter liked the sound of Gungaga because she couldn't say Gonzaga, but she liked the sound. So she picked Gungaga to win the national championship when she was like four. Uh, she was not right. But, you know, that's the kind of thing you can get every you can get your kids into. I, I, I started my first bracket pool when I was in eighth grade. I'm running around the junior high school getting two bucks. I, had, I was getting two bucks from my friends here, two bucks from my friends there. I got That's the, the most believable teacher. thing ever. <laughs> Pat running like a bandit bookie operation at his oh, yeah, junior high. Oh, yeah, exactly. America. Yeah. America. He's, he's my, got like 50 bucks in his locker, and he feels like he's yeah. got like a Narcos drugs like cash stash. <laughs> yeah. I got... Mr. Petzl, my eighth grade science teacher, he got in, you know, I mean, we had all kinds of people in on this. So I think they ended up, we had like $34 or something. It seemed like a, re- a whole lot. But oh. so, I mean, I have been into the tournament and into getting that bracket since then, at least. And uh, man, not having it was really, it was weird. It was a bummer. And then, you know, that's the thing, like in our industry, this is a tidal wave of energy and activity that, Starts with the bracket and doesn't stop for three weeks thereafter. And, you know, usually on Sunday night, we're doing video shows. We are uh, writing stories. We're doing region breakdowns. We're doing picks. We're doing that. And this Sunday night, yeah, podcasting, the whole deal. Yeah, this is supposed to be our breakdown, the bracket pod that was supposed to get taped at like midnight on Sunday. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Instead, here we are at uh, afternoon Talking on about Monday. Clown in Chattanooga. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's totally different, man. It is totally, totally different. And, you know, it's we're just got to adjust. I appreciate Pat bringing up like the nostalgia standpoint to uh, to all this. I feel like growing up, that's one of your first like you almost acknowledge college in that way. You know what I mean? What's Robert Morris? How does that go? Like when you're in your formative years, first looking at your bracket, like that's like a tangible tie to like a school. I mean, you're obviously watching them on TV and different games, but it kind of makes it like, it makes it real. And of course, it's really one of your indoctrinations into gambling, which is a really important <laughs> step in your formative <laughs> years of, uh, of of life. My dad was a high school principal, so he was kind of he was kind of a stickler for for gambling and those things. He would have been the one busting up your pool, Pat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but even my even my dad would uh, throw a bracket down, let everybody fill it out, and it is it's a good way to bond families. It's a good way to you know we're so like locked in on all this stuff. It's a good way to pull in the people who are only casually in. Yes, and it's it's easy to understand it's fun and it gives you i mean filling out a bracket i don't gamble on sports because i can't unfortunately but 
it, it gives you like that little window, that little like taste of like what why gamblers do what they do and like what they do. Because all of a sudden you are locked in on a three fourteen game and rooting for Iona, like you know, like you have three degrees from there. So yeah. I don't think you could get three degrees from Iona. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's just like it gives you that other than enjoying sport for sport. It gives you like a little bit of a prism into that uh, into into that other thing. I remember I was going to win a bracket growing up, and I uh, I had picked Kentucky in the Kentucky Duke game, and I lost. Oh, and wow. I had I had him going, and I, I would have oh. like totally blown it out. I like it was sort of mathematically figured that like if if I went through, I was like in really in really good shape, and I was just crestfallen. I was just like, oh, <laughs> you know, that yeah, was the first that- bad beat of my life. <clears throat> That reminds, boy, I, I had a bad Kentucky beat in the 84 tournament. Uh, I'm a freshman in college, and I'm going to win like 200 bucks, which as a freshman in college was oh. really important. And Kentucky is playing Georgetown in the semifinals, and all they've got to do is win that game to get to the final, and they're up like 10 at halftime or 12. Second half, they shoot three for 33. And you just throw those numbers out in, in the state of Kentucky. Everybody knows what you're talking about. Three for 33. And everybody like, oh, my God. Oh, that one cost me my that was my bad beat. I miss the I just I was I've always been a sucker for the, you know, the little reveal. And then you get the small schools and just the celebration oh, yeah. that like Fairleigh Dickinson's name is on CBS, man. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just <laughs> phenomenal, yeah. you know, yeah. and yeah. uh Every everyone's fired up. The alums that you know, I never watched a game, and I feel bad for Rutgers. I mean, oh. yeah. the most Rutgers thing ever. It really, is. Oh. they finally make the tournament for the first time in whatever, and 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 again, a global pandemic comes along. I mean, <laughs> like in January, you'd be like, I think they're going to make the tournament unless a global pandemic strikes. You know, I mean, uh, Rutgers, Penn State, like there's some other teams that just have right. like. They're having their obviously Dayton, San Diego State, and you know a lot yeah. of others that. Yeah. Uh, besides yeah. the, yeah, you know Kentucky, Kansas, all them, everybody, everybody hurts. But I just always love those small schools. Pete, you did a great piece on Boston University, the last team to win a tight. Uh, they win yeah. the title. They're driving home. They're like, we don't want to hear about it. Just give us yeah. our ninety minute. <laughs> yeah. Ride home on this bus. I don't want to know if they're going to cancel this because yeah. you can see the writing awesome. on the wall. And so the the most legendary family. T- pool we had was when my mother picked, would only pick Catholic schools at one point. And, <laughs> and then Villanova, St. John's and Georgetown all made it that one year. Oh, yeah. 85. She, yeah. she won the pool. I bet. The rest of us had, you know, had really broken things down. Oh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. you know, can't that's one of the Catholic best. schools. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the best things about the tournament, though, is it's always won, or at least in our family, won by somebody who did minimal research at all. Absolutely. Six-year-old <laughs> that likes... bitter about that, by the way. Uh, someone <laughs> who thinks they're rooting for vanilla, you know? Yes. Like they <laughs> doesn't know. Uh, by the way, there is an Iona prep, all-boys mm. Catholic school, so oh, you yeah. could go okay. to the prep, then Iona, then I, yeah. I presume there's advanced degrees at Iona. So you may not have a PhD. I don't know. Might yeah. be able to get four degrees. Yeah. Maybe. Let's not disparage Iona. No. Iona's a fine school. Y- yet. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Iona has the campus bar, the beachcomber. Great bar. Really? New, New Rochelle. Where's the uh, beach in uh, New Rochelle? Not, not, it, there is no beach in New Rochelle. I don't <laughs> yeah. believe uh, Maybe. Maybe it gets to, does that stretch down to a little bit to the Connecticut sound? I don't know. Let's take a look. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, they are in the news. They hired and we're quite pleased with this. There is a beach. There is a beach nearby, right? Really? Really? I think New okay. Rochelle touches, touches Shame on the me water. for lack of geography. 
Yeah, it's right. It's right there, just north of New York, kind of tucked <laughs> okay. in that little area of uh, between. Yeah, it gets the water. It's got a, got a couple islands. Anyway, it's the new hometown of Rick Patino. Coach Patino is leaving uh, professional ball in Greece, and is back. He's coaching Iona. Uh, obviously, for podcast reasons, we're excited about this. <laughs> I I have no problem with it. I mean, he, I think he's gonna. I don't. I think the NCA is gonna have a problem with it. It's Iona. Like, why not? You know, they usually have a good program, but, you know, you want to take that shot, you get a coach of this caliber. I think it's going to be interesting once he gets through whatever the NCAA is going to do to him. I just think they're going to do something. And I don't know what that means. You got to sit out a year or you got to sit out half a season or you're not going to be able to recruit. I don't know. But I think the NCAA will, will hit Rick Pitino hard. I just don't. But in the long run, I think it's pretty interesting to see a guy like that coaching at a place like this. So what do you think, Pat? Oh, it's fascinating to see a guy like that coaching in a place like this. I do very clearly remember when I covered Rick Pitino when he was at Kentucky, and he said there was no way he'd be coaching when he's 60. He's now 67, and he's coaching at a mid-American, mid-athletic Atlantic Conference school, Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference school. So things change, I suppose. But to me, yeah, if you're Iona, sure, it makes sense, except it makes no sense whatsoever as far as his actual availability. As you alluded to, there is a notice of allegations that's circling the city of Louisville, where I am, getting ready to land as soon as they can get clearance, whether it's corona clearance or whatever, and it's going to be a big one. And Patino's name's going to be all over it. He's going to be charged with level one violations. Good luck to him trying to win his case in that. And Rick's thing has always been, you know, I didn't know Andre McGee was bringing in strippers. I didn't know Jordan Fair was involved in trying to set up payments for this guy. I didn't know Kenny Johnson was paying that guy. Eventually, you got to know something. And the rules actually say you've got to know something. And he's violated those rules. So the penalties that are going to come from this may be six months, nine months from now. I don't know. But they're going to come. And so what diligence did Iona do trying to even find out? What did they possibly do as far as background checking or finding out, hey, where do things stand with this? Because I don't think they did very much. And I don't think they cared to. I guess not. But here's the thing. I just, uh, look, you're going to bring in a guy at age 68 who's going to maybe miss a full season, maybe miss a half a season, his first season. And if the show cause uh, order prohibits him from recruiting for five years, you say, all right, Rick, you can hit the road when you're 73. Go get him. <laughs> I mean, what, what are we doing here? Sorry, Pat, I couldn't hear you over the cash register ringing in the background. Uh, I don't know, because <laughs> I just think I own us an opportunity to be relevant and they went after it. And here's a, one fascinating thing. I'm actually uh, writing about this today. It'll be up on uh, on Yahoo by the time our faithful listeners are uh, are listening about this. I like dug in on some of the potential NCAA minutia that could that could come on this and uh, spent way too much time on the phone yesterday with the the lawyers who sort of trade in these things. One fascinating thing that I took away, and, and I agree that there will, you're naive to think that there will be no reverberations toward Rick Pitino from this uh, notice of allegations that gonna, that's going to arise. How significant it is and how it's ruled and how it's judged, all that is, is still needs to be played out. But I agree. If Iona did not do any diligence on what could come out in this, like shame on them and they'll get what they deserve because not a ton of people took notice because the coronavirus, one of the central points in the East Coast is in is in New Rochelle and the world has other things on their mind. But 
whenever this notice, notice of allegation arises and then the Committee on Fractions makes its ruling, there'll be a lot of eyes on Iona and they may not look favorably uh, on them. But w- one of the things I gleaned last night that's that surprised me and uh, unfortunately Pat and I and Dan too have spent way too many hours of our life like ensconced in the minutia of the NSA infractions process. My joke about the NSA infractions process is the only thing consistently about it is that it's slow. And in this case, it's been glacial. So it's been three full basketball seasons now since the feds first informed us of their investigation in September of 17. And Patino, because of the back and forth and because of a potential appeal, which usually takes six months, will be safe for his first year, according to a timeline, because he'll be able to appeal anything that happens. Unless this mm. case goes into the new uh, right uh, major cases or co- complex or case unit, complex, complex case, case unit. It they does went not NCI be- on us and like yeah, <laughs> yeah. yes. We <laughs> yeah. just NCI, went from, Indianapolis from, from different Macs to all this NCI. We just went like the ultimate alphabet soup uh, yeah. on everybody. But it doesn't look like it's trending that way, and so he could basically just ward it off for a year, coach. And then serve what happens then. And and maybe that's enough. Maybe he just wants one more year. Maybe he wants to come back in college basketball. But it'll be fascinating because Rick obviously has expensive tastes. It was very well reported that it's close to Wingfoot where he belongs as a member. It's close to his Manhattan townhouse or apartment, whatever, whatever he uh, whatever he has in the city. He has a son that lives in Harrison. But like that's sort of Rick's world and Rick's lifestyle. But like also it's a bus league now. You know, like you are but you are busing to Canisius and Niagara. And I, I've been to most of the Mac gyms over the over the years between covering basketball in upstate New York and just being around New York City. And these are not like going into play in the Carrier Dome and going to play Duke and Cameron and playing in Madison. Now, they, they'll end up playing in Madison Square Garden and ESPN will put a bunch of the games on and, and everything. But like it is a uh, it is a bus league in, in, in every uh, in, in every way possible. So it's going to be fascinating to see him playing road games at Canisius and Marist. And yeah, yeah, right. there's Marist. only one really nice gym. It's a Siena. Yeah, the whole so he plays in the old Knickerbocker Arena down yeah. uh, downtown. By the way, Dan, uh, I'm going to transition to you on this. But you'll appreciate this. The MAC has turned into a terrible league. I love the MAC. I used to cover the MAC all the time early on in my yeah. uh, early out of my reporting career. Two years ago in uh, in Ken Palm, so not this season, but last season, the MAC was the 28th ranked league out of 32 That's teams, sad. and and that comes after 2012 when they got an at large in the NCAA tournament. So it the used Mac to be is, really like, good. Nobody's more excited yeah. about this than the Mac because the Mac has fallen off in a bad way. I yeah. covered four or five of those Mac tournaments. Yeah. They were fun. And it was oh, great. You so had great fun. young coaches. The number of guys that got went through there to, to move up. And you had, you know, some really good battles. I mean, you had like Paul Hewitt at Siena and mm-hmm. Bobby Gonzalez at Manhattan. And Jeff Ruland <laughs> was at Iona. And <laughs> Mihalik was at Niagara. Niagara. I mean, you had some good. Yeah, you had some really good games going and older guys and just they they fed off all the the second tier new england kids basically and a lot of new york city kids would play so it was a fun it was fun it's down i look i think if you're iona you know it's like remember that really old rich guy that married like anna nicole smith at the end (laughs) (laughs) right and it was like well she's you know i'm sure someone was like Grandpa, she just did it for the money. She doesn't she didn't really love you. It's like, I don't care. I got, I got nothing going on here. I got nothing. Can't sell a ticket. 
<laughs> this is going to blow up in a few years. <laughs> Uh, this is the uh, Ole Miss Lane Kiffin it's aging so stripper uh, it's all similar. over. I, don't, yeah. I think I always <laughs> like, look at we can't get Rick. We've been co- we, we can't get Rick Patino. We couldn't get Richard Patino. <laughs> okay, we get the guys on the way up, not on the way, not like this. Yeah. I mean, Rick Patino, no matter what you say about him, is one of the best pure basketball coaches that have ever coached basketball. No I don't doubt. think there's any question about that. The guy is a phenomenal coach and you get a guy and he seems right now to be embracing the idea of squeaky floors and and bus rides and the simplicity of just teaching we'll see how long that lasts i don't know but at this point he's like norman dale going back to the little Milan high school or whatever or, uh, hickory high <laughs> so it's like of course you're not getting a uh there's got to be some some dings on that right can we How take long? the transverse property and put Anna Nicole Smith at my behind? Or is, yeah, that too, is that mixing analogies? <laughs> In an effort to fend off reality, I'm going to get more and more ridiculous. Okay, that's my... <laughs> okay. <laughs> How long before Patino has his first illegal uh, individual workout? You know, I'm sure the campus is closed and he'll be... Probably already He'll has. be on the phone with those guys <laughs> saying, get in here. Get in the gym. Yeah. Get in the gym. They're going to have a, a government <laughs> lockdown, and he's going to be like, yeah, not for us. Pat let's get, some, let's get some shots up in the gym, you know? <laughs> God, Pat had know. a great line in his column on SI. He said, it's like Pavarotti singing at the Iowa State Fair. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> oh, that was – that. I got an email off of that. I got I got a ton of Twitter response, but I got one email to my work email that said, I live in Iowa. I love opera. You, you condescending prick. Yeah. <laughs> That gave me a, uh, that gave me a chuckle. <laughs> I got a hilarious email. If I could, if I could find it, the the title is uh, "Fu spelled out uh, properly," and um, <laughs> it basically this is six days ago, and it says "Fu along with the rest of the subhuman trash that calls itself sports media." You really <laughs> won't stop until all sports are permanently canceled forever. Fu and do some research. First, you dumb fear-mongering loser. Corona will be here for the next two years. Almost everyone will get exposed, regardless of canceling sports as you are demanding. It has, okay. a, it has a mortality rate of effing 0.2% for people under the age of 50. That's the disease you want to end sports for the next two years. Again, F you. Wow. I don't get why people think we want this. I've got yeah, a few of those. Like, oh like, my god! Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. I'm, I just want to be uh, sitting around my apartment in March doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about this. Yes. I, don't, yeah. I don't even yeah. understand. And by the way, the I didn't exactly like lead the charge to cancel everything. I was just like reporting uh, that it could happen, which it did. So I think yeah, I'm going to write a him lot back of that. Today. There's a lot of like, well, what are you? What are you? You're mad at you, and you're like, ah, yeah. sorry. I mean, not our I, call. I, first off, I don't, it's not my decision. Yeah. No, thankfully Certainly not. Nobody would ever entrust me with such a decision. <laughs> and Pete, you know how mad people were at the the, uh, the NCAA didn't put out a bracket? Holy oh, cow. Oh, that was the dumbest thing. Oh, I, God. I mean, I, people were so ticked off about that. I was just like, wow. I mean, it would, do you, I, I personally, I saw no value in having a bracket for a tournament that's not going to happen with, with a lot of conjecture going into it. Maybe you guys wanted a bracket. I didn't want one. I didn't care. Th- that was like just for the... 
the nerds in the hopeless, basically, were the people like, I guess, like thumping that. Like, first of all, athletic directors, like, they, they, it takes a lot of time. It's they don't just do like a random jack, bracket generator. And like the athletic directors who are all on that, they have like more important things to deal with than like satisfying like, you know, uh, Oscar the Grouch and all the other bracketologists. That's, if you're yeah, if you're sitting in this you know hotel in New York on Thursday as part of the selection committee. And all of a sudden, boom, conference tournament canceled. Boom, conference tournament canceled. Boom, 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 boom. You're going to be going, I better get back to campus, man. We got we got a situation that's rapidly escalating here. We got to figure out what we're doing with our teams, what we're going to figure out what we're doing with our campus. You're not going to say, oh, let's stay a couple more days and work out the bracket so that the, you know, the honk in Illinois that wants to see where the Illini are will have his satisfaction. Come on. Yeah, it's a big difference between inconvenience and hardship. And yeah. uh, that's what we all have to uh, you know, and I'm I'm part of it. Like, you know, oh man, this is terrible. It's an inconvenience. Yeah. It's not yeah. a hardship. Yeah. Make your own bracket and call that the official one. I don't care. Sure. No, yeah. I mean it does. I it mean sucks, these ADs the- on these committees, not only do they have very important jobs, they've got families, they've got groceries to I mean, they're they're sitting in the exact same position everyone else is. They lock yeah. down this country, they're all sitting in their house just like everybody else. Yeah. You might have a bigger house, but you know, <laughs> it it's still terrifying and you might they still have elderly they still might have a kid with an immune deficiency they i mean there's so much going on that you know this isn't just about how can i how can we entertain myself the idea no sports is is painful i think it sucks pete and i talked about it like you need that morale boost that movie the league of their own with the women's professional baseball league like they made that league so somebody was playing baseball during world war ii (laughs) just for morale like you know there's a there's a deep-seated importance to this stuff I, but there's not nothing we can do. No. So it sucks. I don't know. I don't know the solution, but I wish there was one. But yeah. the, the, the coaches, the the players, the the whole thing. And and uh, I don't know. I think maybe initial angry reactions, people, I think we all, you know, as this gets more serious and, and inconvenience becomes hardship. Yeah. You kind of laugh back and go, yeah, I don't really care. You know, I mean, there's people going, well, what if the NFL draft happens? It's just going to be like graphics. So what? Like I'll be pretty so excited. Well. They're doing, yeah. they're like, we can't bring in all the guys for an extra look. Like, look, you guys screw up the draft. I mean, you know, yeah. don't listen like the Detroit lions tell me that they, they're they going to screw up the draft because they didn't get extra workouts. <laughs> Screwed it up anyway. <laughs> Stop working them out. Just watch. If, if the NFL scouts just watched the tape, they would have drafted Deshaun Watson ahead of Mitchell Trubinsky. Yeah, you think? <laughs> you think? You know? Yeah. So it's like, I'm like, I'm hearing this. What if we can't fly the scout, the players in for, oh, my God. Nothing's going to, don't worry about it. I had a, a GM tell me once that he wondered how much better their hit rates would be in the draft if they actually just had it like a month after the season. Like really, instead of the combine, you just hold the draft and you just and you don't overthink all the stuff. You don't get your Mike Mamula workout. Basically NBA. Yeah, it's basically NBA because you didn't spend five months saying, I don't like John Morant can't do this. Yeah, It's like, did you see this dude? I'll take him. (laughs) Yeah, it's and and, yeah, you're not going to screw up anymore. I one time did a story on the hit rate of basketball uh, top 10 or top 20, like the scouts for uh, out of high school. And NBA, and it's the exact same. It was, really? This is a. I, I probably did this thing 15 years ago, but it was like pretty much the exact same hit rate. Hmm. So you watch them play. You know, you're like Bob Gibbons. What's he know? Well, what's the end? And this is when kids were going to school for three years, right? And they're still picking the wrong guys because it's hard. Yeah, that that part is. Uh, 
is silly on how much they they work on they 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 spend on this guy, wear him down. I mean, I hope the NFL draft happens and we just do it, and at least we got something in April. I don't know because we'll talk a lot about that. It's off the top of your head, like of all the college basketball coaches that should be like coaching right now that aren't, who's going the craziest at home? Who's like losing their mind? Climbing the I, walls the most. I saw a headline that Izzo was like cleaning his garage the other day on Twitter. <laughs> like Izzo would certainly be uh, that. Yeah. I texted with Andy, Andy Tool from Robert Morris the other day, and he's yeah. like, "I'm about to start a thousand piece puzzle." <laughs> That's what we're all doing, though. I got puzzle. I got a two thousand piece puzzle. Oh, <laughs> all right. You're, you're out puzzling the Robert Morris coach, Dan. Oh, that the jigsaw puzzle industry is the one winner out there. Yeah. Everybody's yeah, everyone's stock. bouncing. Gonna, I mean, it's been a weekend. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. if you're home with kids, I mean, geez, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, John Calipari to me never stops moving. Right. Like it, it, yeah. he's either flying. He, you'll see him at all the NBA games all spring. Like every night he's set one of his, and that, part of that's recruit, but he's still doing it. <clears throat> yeah. And then if not, he's like, you know, d- doing a charity. Remember he's at Memphis, he'd fly back and forth to China and try to do, he's like working with the Chinese basketball yeah. league. And yeah. like yeah. that guy just never stops doing something. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think he's ever sat at home. <laughs> and so I'm wondering like the Hurley family and the Miller family, where that's all that has been their entire familial oh, existence, their whole yeah. life. Sons yeah. of coaches, brothers who went into coaching. Uh, they got to be sitting, you know, they call each other between games. Hey, how was your game? Hey, how was yours? Sorry you lost. Congrats, you won. What are they doing right now? Uh, let's see. There's a lot of us are got to find a new normal, but hopefully we all yeah. stay safe. All right. Well, look, here's the thing. We're going to do uh, multiple pods a week because we have time and you have time. Yeah. And um, yeah. if, you know, we're going to do a nostalgic bit, uh, I think maybe uh, some favorite games and stuff on uh, and we're going to drop it on Thursday. College hoops. We're going to delve deep into college football all spring in different ways. We're going to try all sorts of different things. Uh, if you have suggestions, please hit us up. Yeah, uh, Twitter's we'll easy them. or uh, various emails or whatever. If you can find us, um, I don't know, man. We got to get this thing together, and uh, hopefully everyone stays safe. And I ain't got anything to do, but we'll try to be as funny and ridiculous as we can be. So, Stupidity is our trade. That's really yes. all we got. Keep being dumb, America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is it. One more we're serving you. We're not going to tell you you're great, but we're, we're, we still love you. <laughs> no place I'd rather be. That's right. <laughs> Just being honest. All right. Talk to you on Thursday. Take care, guys. <laughs>